0: Who's ready for the word this morning? Open up your Bibles with me to John chapter 16, and then I'm going to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. John chapter 16, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 2. As you're turning there, I want to say thank you for being with us today at Legacy Church. If it is your first time, I hope you received a Connect card on the way in. If you did not, be sure you get one on the way out. We just want to say hello to you and thank you for being with us today. So be sure you fill that out and you can stop by the desk as you leave today. Uh, We just want to say hello to you. And as always, I want to say thank you for giving with your tithes and with your offering as you do each and every week. It allows us to do more than just a Sunday morning. It allows us to reach out to people throughout the week who are in need, who are needing help, and literally helps us help church planners around the world. I'm having a meeting this week with one of our... Uh, missions rep with far-flung tin can and he's going to be sharing with me some things they've got coming up this year and the churches they're literally planning in foreign foreign villages that no one has ever reached with the gospel and you are part of that when you give and if you'd like to be a part of that our ushers will be here to serve you today as you leave you can fill out the envelope drop it in the bucket you can give online on your app you can text all of those things but once again thank you for being a part of that and helping us minister beyond sundays In John chapter 16, I'm going there, verse 7. I've been speaking on the supernatural, the power of the Spirit, um, and I want to continue doing that today. Um, This is Jesus here is speaking to the disciples in John chapter 16, verse 7. And he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. Remember last week, talking about the Spirit and the anointing, I said that the Holy Ghost and the anointing is your helper. Amen. Can anybody testify that the Spirit is your helper? He is your helper. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged i still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them at this moment he said i have some things that i need to tell you there are some things about your future i know i know you know me this is jesus I know we've met, but guess what? It doesn't stop right here. He said, I have some things for you. I have some information for you, but you cannot handle them right now. There are some commands. There are some visions that God has for you. There are some promises that God has for you. But if he would have told you that information last year, you may not be here right now. Anybody understand what I'm saying? He said you're just you 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 can't bear the information yet. You would have checked out on him a long time ago, if, if you knew everything that he was going to call you to do, if if you knew everything that he was calling you to and calling you from, you probably would have checked out a long time ago because you just can't handle the load. And I want you to understand this: that there there's some information. there's some vision there's some promise that God is waiting to reveal to you and your maturity is the keeper of the clock Mm. your growth is the keeper of revelation it will will speed it up or it will delay it Mm. he said you cannot bear it right now your maturity is the keeper of the clock of revelation And in verse 12, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you just can't bear them right now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come upon you, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that we will take. I, therefore, I said that He will take care of mine and declare it to you. Did you catch that? He said, "The Holy Spirit is only going to say to you what I or my Father tells Him to say." He said, "The Holy Spirit is going to be a mouthpiece for us." Whenever you want to hear, whenever you're praying, we're going to speak to you through the Holy Spirit. Uh, he said, he said I'm, I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you how this is all going. He said, he said whenever I leave, this is what's going to happen. You're going to hear from me, but it's going to be through the Spirit. He said, he said the, all, the Holy Spirit knows everything that the Father knows. The Holy Spirit knows everything that I know. And he's going he's to relay the message to you. What he was doing was, he was setting up the protocol. He was setting up the system, saying, look, whenever I go away, I want you to understand how earth is going to hear my voice. They will not be able to see me anymore. He said, but I'm given the gift of the Spirit. He's setting up protocol. He says, look, when you pray, this is what's going to happen. We're going to speak through the Spirit. He was setting up a system. And as I was speaking to first service, there are a lot of people that get mad when churches have systems and protocol. Can I get an amen? They don't like it, uh, but I hate to break it to you, but systems and protocol were actually started in the heaven. The heavens were the first one. He said, look, y'all are going to sit right there, and all day long you're going to walk around my throne, and you're going to sing, holy, holy, holy. You're going to look at me all day long. He said, that's the protocol of heaven. Systems and protocol uh, were actually established in heaven. But the problem here on earth is, is that when the church has systems and protocol that hinders the Holy Spirit, can I get an amen? But heaven's protocols always enable and give access to the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2, turn there with me, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Why are we receiving the spirit? Why? He says so that we might know The things that have been freely given to us by the Lord. Free. We love free stuff. We will stay in line a long time for free stuff. Chick-fil-A opened and people were camped out for 52 meals of free Chick-fil-A. You'll do crazy stuff for free stuff. Can I get an amen? I believe there's conviction in the room right now. And he said, there are free things that the Lord has for you. It costs you nothing. There's no price tag on it. You cannot buy it. It's free. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know what He has for you. But if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit, guess what? You will never understand everything that He has for you. That's the power of the Spirit. And in verse 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. I told first service, if you ever want to know if you're in the Spirit or not, tell somebody your vision. If they think you're a fool, it may just be that you're in the Spirit. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of of Christ. Lord, speak to us today through this Word. Let it implant in a heart and a soul, and let it be like fire in their bones, Lord. I love you today. I need you today, O God. It's in your name. It's been so awesome to sit back and watch what God is doing over this last two or so years. In March, we'll be three years old, but this last year God has really done some amazing things and we've watched so many people come into the house and be saved right here. But do you understand the church, the building, us, right where we are today? The church was not created to be the sole place where lives are saved, amen? It was not meant to be the only place where people can be saved, but God's intentions were for our faith. To be multiplied, and that you come into a house like this, and you are encouraged by like believers, you start speaking life into your neighbor, and and you and you are declaring the word to them, and they are empowered through the spirit. They are encouraged by the song, they're empowered by the word, and they they are empowered and discipled. And then they're supposed to leave this place called the church and go into the world and share their faith. And souls are supposed to be saved, amen? When you read the Gospels or the story of Jesus' life in the New Testament... You will see salvations and you'll see miracles. But so many of those are happening outside of the walls of the church. They are happening in the streets. And, and lives were meant to be transformed in the break room of your job. Did you know that? Lives were meant to be changed and saved at Walmart. Let me tell you something. You start speaking Jesus in Walmart. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. Whew. If Jesus can move in Walmart, he can move anywhere. People's lives were meant to be saved in the marketplace, amen? They were meant to be saved everywhere, and our faith is supposed to be multiplied as we leave this place, and then they come back into the house with you, and then they are empowered, and they are disciplined and discipled, and then they leave, and it's multiplication. But now here in modern-day ministry and in the mind of the modern-day church, the church has turned into the only place where you can get saved and now the church has put that in the pastor's hands and said, if nobody's getting saved, it's your fault, pastor, because the pastor is the only people that can save. I know that's none of y'all in here, but come on, somebody help me preach this today. And we're sitting here and we think the church is the only time a miracle can happen. And the pastor is the only person that can pray and cast out demons and call people to the cross. And here we are now. We have a lot of churches now who, who, who can attract people But they're not leaving empowered. They're not leaving full. They're not leaving filled with the Spirit. And now now here we are in the modern day where where we have this style of church. And now the pastor is having to step back. And he's the one that's having to get everybody saved. And he's the one that's having to, to preach basic words to lead people to the cross. And while pastors are doing that, there are some topics that are being left out of the pulpit. And one of those topics is the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because Jesus is the key to salvation, but the Holy Spirit is the key to growth. He said, I am the door. You come to me to receive salvation. But when you get to a door, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to walk through it into the next level. He said, I am that door. I'm the key to salvation. He said, but when you walk through me, there is access on the other side of me called the Holy Spirit. And that is the... and that is is the key to growth. So now we have churches that know how to draw people. Now we know have churches that know how to get people in. But when the church leaves, so many of the church, they're still feeling defeated. They're still feeling like they're headed to hell. They're still feeling a loss. They're still, they're still talking. They're still gossiping. They're not empowered. They are leaving hopeless and helpless. They are leaving with, with, with bad attitudes. And, and why is that? It's because so many churches have that what can draw people to into the building but they have forsaken the teaching of the growing agent the holy ghost the holy spirit amen so there so there we start seeing people who have been in the house they've been part of jesus they've been a part of the body but now they're not even growing and it's like people who've been in the body for so long, now they're becoming stagnant, now they're becoming set in their ways now now, now they, 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 they 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 can't receive revelation it's like, and now it's like they are stuck there, and a lot of people get stagnant and in the body instead of moving forward, it's like people who've been in the church start moving backward, because if you're not moving forward with the Lord, you must be moving backward, amen and guess what, I, I use the word in first service and some of you won't like it because it's one of those old holiness terms. It's called backsliding. It's when you are literally, yeah, when you are sliding away from the presence of the Lord. You are moving away from Him. There will be people who sit in church today that will be backslidden by Saturday. There will be people who are singing here today and you love the song and you love chasing after me and you got out in the aisle and start dancing but you can backslide by Saturday. Let me tell you something You backslide whenever you get out from the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know Jesus, but you get out, and it's just like nothing is filling me anymore. I can't grow anymore. I've got my certificate of salvation. I've got the T-shirt. I've got it all. I've been baptized. But it's like nothing else. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Can I get an amen this morning? And we ask, why don't churches preach about the Holy Spirit? Well, let me tell you, because... There are some pastors and preachers who don't like to preach about it. There's people that don't want to hear about it because whenever you start talking about the Holy Spirit, it gets messy. The Holy Spirit is messy, y'all. Why? Because there's some people who don't believe in it. There's some people who don't understand it. There's some people who think it's crazy. But it just gets messy. You start preaching about the Holy Spirit in some churches and there'll be people that leave. I've got a pastor friend. He said he prays in the Spirit. In his office, but he won't tell his church that he prays or speaks in tongues. Why? Because he said, my people will leave my church. It's real. It's, it's right here in this city. They are afraid, and so why? Because it just gets messy. People will leave. People will think I've lost my mind. You start allowing the Holy Spirit to move and flow into some places, and some of your main stakeholders will start feeling uncomfortable. And some pastors, are like I can't, I can't lose that tithe, so I'll just let the. Oh, I can't lose that giver. I can't lose that gift. Well, nobody else can do this, so I, can, so I, can't, I, can't, I can't make the stakeholders uncomfortable. Why? Because it just gets messy. I mean, if you let the Holy Ghost loose in your services, it gets messy. He will ruin your order of service. He will wreck your service. He will come in and start knocking people on their backside. And like, I don't know if I won't need that. That just looks messy. The Holy Spirit comes in and lives inside of you. It's this thing thing called conviction. Whenever he comes in with a giant highlighter and says, that's got to go, that no, no, no. You need to cut that out of your life. You need to cut him out of your life. You need to move that. You need to lose that. That's what conviction is. And the Holy Spirit comes in with his broom and his mop and his cleaning supplies and gets all in your dirt. He gets all up in your business and it starts to get messy. He will start pulling things out of your closet you didn't even know were there. I didn't know I had jealousy, Lord. I know I, i i thought i got rid of the pride i thought i thought i got rid of the jealousy i had no no and all of a sudden you're standing there thinking where did you get all of this that is what the holy spirit does he's just messy he will mess up your service. He will mess up your. He will mess up your own closet. He will mess up your life. Listen, the Holy Spirit will bring people of different colors into your monochromatic church. He will mess up your congregation. He will change your demographic. It will bring people. The Holy Ghost is messy. He'll bring people that don't smell like you into your church. The Holy Spirit will bring will bring a doped up young man, glassy. Ah, holes all in his arms where he shot up all last night and he will draw him to an altar and make him lay his crack pipe down on the altar. And people are like, I don't know if I want to go to church with a bunch of crackheads. Well, you better go to a dead church that don't have the Holy Ghost because if your church has got, you better get ready because it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I don't know if I want to go to church with a bunch of potheads. You work with them all day long. If your God really has power, you will want them in your church. I want every homosexual in town to come to Legacy Church. I double-dog dare you. Why? Let people talk about me all they want to. They ain't got homosexuals over there raising. I dare you right now. I want every homosexual in this town. Why? Because God can change their life in just a minute. I'll talk about me all you want to. It's free advertisement for the church. He will ruin your congregation. He will mix them up. It's just messy, y'all. And now I used to have to go and listen to a pastor preach before if I know it was the, if, if, if he was preaching in the spirit. If the church had the Holy Ghost, it was what songs they were singing in the hymnal book and what style and what key and how fast they were singing them. But now you just got to walk into a church for about five minutes and look around and say, does everybody look the same? Is everybody the same color? Does everybody smell the same? the same? Is everybody on the same socioeconomic status? If the answer is yes, the Holy Ghost ain't in there. You better move on down the street. It's messy, y'all. That's why we don't talk about it. It's just easier to do without it. It's just easier for me to preach 30 minutes. The band do three songs. I get up and preach and dismiss. It's so much easier. It's easy. That's easy, church. The spirit is messy. Here is Jesus walking around on planet earth with these disciples, his, his boys, his homies, padres. He's got it. He's preaching, he's doing these miracles and, and they're watching it happen. We are here today and we we we've got to listen to it and we read and I preach about it and I said the first service, we watched Chosen to see a dramatic presentation of it, and we do these things, and those things are great, but these boys were right there in the streets with him. I mean, they are, it is hands-on. I mean, they are participating in the miracles. I mean, they are watching as Jesus Christ is feeding thousands of people with just a few fish and just a couple loaves of bread, and they're just like, they just keep putting their hands in, and it's just it's just like, where, how is this happening? It just keeps multiplying, and, and and these same guys—they're sitting there watching Jesus cast out demons, of, and these demons are fleeing from bodies and jumping into a bunch of pigs. And they're just like, "What in the world is going on?" And here is Jesus—he's walking on water, turning water into wine. He's spitting in the uh, spitting in the dirt, wiping on people's faces. I mean, people are everywhere. People's calling out Jesus, and he gets the boys together. And he says, "Look, boys, it's been good," and they're like, "Yes, it has, brother." Woo, when you walked on that water. Mm, 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 mm. I ain't never saw nothing like that before. It's been so good. He said, it's been good. And they're like, yes, it has. He's like, guess what? It's going to get even better because I'm about to leave. And they're like, what? I can't turn no water to one. I ain't got no water walking shoes. What am I doing, Jesus? I can't do this. Peter was from the west side, y'all. What you talking about? No. I can't be doing that. And they're like, What's, how's it going to get better? I mean, this is all you, Jesus. You are the son of God. You're the one with all this power. And now you're about to leave us. And it's going to get better? I don't understand how, 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 how this is working. you got to understand. Jesus never intended for the people that encounter him just to encounter him. He said, I'm that door. On the other side of me, it's the Holy Ghost is waiting for you. If you want people that encounter you just to encounter you, you may have a problem. When people encounter you, you should be that door to Jesus. It's not about your ministry. It's about Jesus. It's not about your church. It's about Jesus. And Jesus came... To earth, And he's walking around wide to fulfill the word, to, to be the sacrifice for our sins. But he also came to earth as a visual demonstration as to what life should be like. He's like, look at me. Everything I'm doing, you should be doing. You want me to walk in the water? Yes, I want you to walk in the water. You want me to tell demons to go? Yes, I do. You want me to lay hands on the sick? Yes, I do. He said, I'm right now, I'm, I, what I'm doing, I'm, I'm like a demonstration of what your life should, walk, should look like. And he came and he's walking on water, opening blinded eyes and bringing people back to life that are dead. And he wanted us to see what life is supposed to look like. He wanted us to know what somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit can do. The Word says that the Word became flesh. And what? We beheld his glory. He became flesh and we grabbed hold of him we grabbed hold of his glory. What's his glory? His presence. His glory, his anointing. He said, after I leave, it's going to get even better than it is right now. He said, the anointing is going to come upon you. And I've said this for the past couple of weeks, but I want to bring it back to you again. He said, after I leave, the anointing is coming upon you. He said, I, Jesus Christ, Jesus is going away, but the Christ is staying here with you. The Christ is the anointed one. I, Jesus, am going away to be with my Father, but I'm leaving the Spirit. I'm leaving my anointing. With you. He said, look, not only is it going to get better, but he said, But I have some things to share with you, but I cannot tell you right now. He said, I know you've walked with me, and I know you think what else could happen? I mean, I've been saved. What else could happen? He said, You've not learned everything just because you've met me. You've not learned everything just because you've got saved. But get this: the Holy Spirit is not just a power. The Holy Spirit is not just energy. The Holy Spirit is not just to make you speak in tongues or dance. The Holy Spirit is a person and He has great intelligence. So get this when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, you get the intelligence from heaven. The Holy Spirit makes your IQ go up. Tell your neighbor, you need that. He gives you wisdom and knowledge from heaven. You want to think like heaven? You need the Holy Ghost. You want to be in tune whenever he speaks? Whenever you're like, Lord, here I am, send me. And you don't know if it's the spirit or burrito you just ate? You need the Holy Ghost. Come on. You need the Holy Spirit inside of you. Jesus said, I know a lot and I've got a lot to tell you but you cannot handle it right now. He said, but whenever he comes, the Holy Spirit comes. He knows what I know. He knows what the Father knows and we're going to speak to him and he's going to reveal it to you. Listen, there are some people who are here today. Some of you are going to be watching. You're going to be listening throughout the week. You feel like you are constantly coming up on big decisions. You are constantly coming up against mountains. It's like hurdle after hurdle, decision after decision. And if you make the wrong decision, it could just totally alter your life. But guess what? You haven't asked God one thing yet. And you wonder why, why is there another mountain? Why do I keep hitting the wall? You've not asked God anything. The Bible says this about your future. Are you ready? He's going to tell your future right here. Guess what? No eye has seen it. No ear has heard it. Nor has it entered into the heart of man yet. Some fool cannot read your palm and tell your future. It ain't in the Bible. They cannot get out their crystals and stones while burning some cool incense and tell you what's about to happen. It's of the devil, y'all. Flee from it. No eye has seen, no ear has heard of this stuff. And guess what? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, but you will talk to everybody about it. And their eye hasn't seen, and their ear hasn't heard it. you're like, what do you think about it? Their eye has not seen it. Their ear has not heard of it. You call all of your friends. You will watch a documentary about the problem. You will read a book about that issue. You will listen to a podcast about it. You'll even go on Facebook and create a poll to see what everybody's opinions that think you should do. I hear nervous giggles. Somewhere right over in there. I don't know. You sit down with a mentor, sit down with a counselor, and all of those things are great. All of those things can help you. And while these, while these people may give you information, they cannot give you revelation. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what the things that God has prepared. Prepared is past tense, it's already done. He has already prepared what it is that is waiting to be revealed to you. It's done. God, he's still not working on it. He's still working on you, but he's not working on that. It's done. Whenever it becomes time, he don't, he, don't, he don't look at heaven and say, hey, hey, angels, go fix it. No, it's already done. This stuff is literally sitting there and waiting on you, waiting on you to simply show up. And God is looking for a church just to simply show up up and say, Lord, here we are. I don't care what we look like. I don't care who prints what about us. I don't care who talks about me, Lord. Lord, I'm giving you my everything because when I give you my everything, I can have as much of you as I want today, Lord. So I'm going to offer up everything that I have. God is just looking for, waiting for a church just to show up. So he can reveal himself to you. But the question is, what is separating us from where we are and what he has prepared for us? And that answer is revelation. The revealing. The very fact that we don't know what he's prepared, and we don't know how to get there. Isn't it amazing that we feel like we keep showing up late to the party? We feel like we've never been invited. We feel like we're always behind the curve. We always feel like we're, 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 we're a day late and a dollar short, but, but we will never speak to the Lord about it. We'll never ask our tour guide, can you help me out? He said, it's better that I go, and I'll send my helper. It's better that I leave this place. I'll send my helper. I will send my help to you. He'll help you. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. The Spirit is with me. He's leading me. He's guiding me. The Helper is leading me. He's showing me. He's leading me in paths of righteousness. He's for me. He will lead you. He will guide you. We're in these 100 days to glory. Man, help me out this morning. We're in these 100 days to glory. Why? We're in these 100 days of of, of praying and reading and fasting. Why are we doing this? We're doing this so that we can get away from everyone else's opinions and advice. You can turn off the news. You can turn off CNN and Fox. You can turn off one extreme or the other. You turn it all off and just get with the Lord and say, Spirit, is this for me? Where am I supposed to be? getting away from opinions and just ask the Lord ask the helper is this for me lead me Lord lead me spirit speak to me reveal it to me what are you saying spirit he not only has power but the Holy Spirit has knowledge and revelation no eye has seen it no ear has heard And until you activate that gift of the Spirit in your life, you will continue to walk into your future blindly. I'm a detailed person. I'm a one on the Enneagram. I want to know the facts. I want to be right up in the middle of it. I want to know it. I want a timeline. Can I get an amen from my staff? Thank you. I'm always asking questions like when, where, what, how. Am I not? And in the middle of all of that, sometimes we got to see it. We got to hear it. We rely on our senses more than we do the spirit. And the Lord is looking for people who's not so caught up with what they're seeing. If you watch news, you'll get depressed. Yes, you need to know what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, and the church needs to be praying, but let me tell you something. If you keep your nose in that, you will be depressed. The devil will pull you down. Eye hasn't seen, ear has not heard. But until you activate that gift, you keep on walking through the doors blind like, I don't know what's going on.